And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome, welcome. It's the Jill on Money Show. It is Thursday, November 10th, and we are here answering your financial questions. The way we do that is we encourage you to go to our website. That website address, in case you have not gotten sick of me actually saying it, is jillonmoney.com jillonmoney.com. And when you're there, you just go to the upper right-hand corner and you click the contact us button. And then you can complete the form and send us your note, ask us your financial question. And we don't really care the nature of the question. We care that if you're thinking about something that is remotely financial, we want to hear from you. We want to help you out. So just do that. It's very easy. While you're on the website, please, please pre-order my new book. It's called The Great Money Reset. I just recorded the audio version of the book, which was kind of fun. Reminded me that I really like the book and I really love you guys who pretty much are responsible for me conceiving of this book. Because over the course of the pandemic and over the course of the last dozen years, you have actually contacted us about ways that you can change your work, about ways that you can change your wealth, essentially about ways that you can change your life. And that is the basis of the book. And I hope you all will go out and pre-order it because uh, we're going to have a great event for anyone who pre-orders. So check it out. All right, let's do some emails. We're starting with Karen, who writes, I love the message. Hi, love listening to your show. Okay, Karen goes on to say, I'm in my late 50s and I've been working for 10 plus years for a small business that has a simple IRA. There's no Roth choice. And the simple IRA is through an insurance company nationwide. 
The maximum contribution for next year is $19,000, $15,500 as an annual contribution, $3,500 as a catch-up. And she says, finally, I make too much to contribute directly to a Roth. I've been partially converting IRAs to Roth for the past 15 plus years and will continue to do so through age 63 due to Irma. I still have way too much money in traditional rollover IRAs. What is your opinion about contributing to the simple IRA next year versus just contributing to the match and putting the rest in a brokerage account? My estate documents are done. I like how she puts that, like, in case you're worried, I've got that. Karen, I love this idea. I think that a lot of people, as you approach your retirement, the concept of putting away money that has already been taxed is very important. And if you already have a ton of money that is sitting in deferred compensation plans, whether they're rollover IRAs, simple IRAs, traditional 401ks or 403bs, I really do like the idea of putting money in a brokerage account. So I'm all in. Karen, I support the decision. Okay, this is from Kathy, who writes, Hello, I purchased $3,500 in I-bonds during the open season dates. And when I checked my account, the interest was not what I expected. Also, the interest rate is showing about 6%. What happened to the 9.1 or so percent that was originally stated? This is very confusing. Thank you for giving me any help. Okay, so gang, the I-bond rates, I know we've talked about this, but I just, I think it's good because a lot of people have been buying these I-bonds and they may not realize that an I-bond is a combined rate of interest, okay? What happens is you have a fixed rate, which is always pretty low, and then the rate on which the inflation part of the adjustment is done. So the inflation rate can and usually does change every six months. And they look at the inflation rate, the CPI, and then change the rate of your bonds based on the prevailing rates. So right now, Series I savings bonds issued after November 1st to April 30th of 2023 are paying 6.89%. When you actually were purchasing your bonds probably before and your interest rate was, you know, 9.62%, now the new rate for the next six months is this lower rate. I know that this is very difficult for you to understand because it feels like, well, don't I just get that locked in forever? No, you don't. So that means that, you know, for those people who were purchasing the bonds at a, you know, a much higher rate earlier, those rates are going to adjust lower. Okay. And I know that you wish it were different, but that's the way they roll. So I hope that helps. It's still a good deal, Kathy. Don't worry. And well done that you actually did it. Oh, here's another bond question. This is from Barbara. In the current market, is bond laddering a good strategy for generating predictable income? I'm going to answer that in a minute, but let me just tell you, Barbara adds some information about herself. We will be retired next year, no pensions, and we're trying to supplement $4,700 a month social security with two to 3% withdrawals from our retirement savings of approximately $1.7 million. Currently, we have two years living expenses in cash. Is an annuity a better option than bond laddering? 
We are 66 and 65. Well, okay. First of all, Barbara, I don't think it should be only bonds in this $1.7 million portfolio, but I'm going to, that's an allocation question. Yes. Do I think that bond laddering can be helpful? Absolutely. Because you can certainly purchase bonds that start maturing in different time horizons. When those bonds mature, maybe that's the amount of money you have for the next two years and you can really space it out. But Remember, when you buy individual bonds, there's usually something called a markup. So it could be expensive to do that as opposed to, say, buying a bond fund. But if you want to do it, I don't think I would put all $1.7 million into this strategy because I still think that because of your age, you're quite young, you know, when it comes to retirement, you could live for 30 more years. You would want some equity allocation. And the amount of that equity allocation, I'm not so sure of, but I would say maybe if you're absolutely risk averse, you'd want 20 or 25%. If you're comfortable, more comfortable at least with maybe a 50-50, maybe I would start a bond ladder for half of the portfolio, not the whole thing. And if you need help with that, because selecting individual bonds can be a little bit trickier sometimes, give us a holler back because I'd be interested in trying to talk to you more about this. But I do like bond laddering because then you're not worried about the fluctuations in the prices. You're just holding a bond to maturity. When it matures, then you're either reinvesting it or you're using the proceeds to help fund your living expenses. Okay, this is from Sarah, who writes, Hello, Jill and Mark. I love the show and listen every day while enjoying my morning coffee. My 16-year-old son would like to start investing, and I would love to get your advice on which option to consider, a brokerage account in his name or an Ugma Utma account. Pros and cons to both options. Thanks in advance. Well, he can't have a brokerage account in his own name yet. So we're looking at an UGMA or an UTMA account. Now, these are accounts that are uh, basically jointly owned with your child, with your minor child. And there's an interesting thing that happens with an UGMA or an UTMA account, and that is that the custodianship over the account ends when the child reaches what's called uh, the age of majority. Now that is either, usually it's like 18 or 21. It depends on your state. What that really means is that you can use these accounts very easily, but as soon as the kid turns 18 or 21, kid's going to get that account straight up. And if you're comfortable with that, then sure, then you should be working through and trying to help this kid learn more about investing. And I think that that's the easiest way to do it. Alternatively, you could certainly say, hey, instead of doing individual securities, if the kid is 16 years old and maybe you're going to put money into a 529 account, you could certainly explain the basics of investing using a 529 account without selecting individual securities. So maybe that's another way to think about it. This is from Joanne who has a quick question. She said, you previously had me on your show not too long ago regarding my husband's and my disagreement on when we should retire. Update. I just accepted a new management position with another law firm. My new firm does not allow me to participate in their 401k for one year. I hate that, by the way. I hate when firms do that, but I know it's common. Is there anything I can do to save money tax-free between now and then? Well, listen. 
wait a minute, there's no tax free. There's always, there's some tax event. So it might be that you have the money and it's taxed and then you invest it or you put money into your own IRA or Roth IRA if you can qualify. But here's the follow to this question. Should I just take the difference in my pay and put it in my long-term savings account in preparation for retirement? We currently have $133,000 in that account right now. My husband already maxes out his 401k. You know what? I actually like the idea of beefing up your post-tax account. I like that idea. We talked about that earlier in the show. And I think this idea of having liquidity and access to money as you near retirement is a really important concept, mostly because it gives you many more choices as you near retirement. And maybe those choices are that you need the money before you can actually claim social security. Maybe that choice would include, hey, you know what? I can use that money to help convert a traditional type of retirement account. Um, So I think that it's very helpful and certainly is well worth your time to consider that. Not every dollar has to be maximized in a retirement savings account. Sometimes your liquidity and peace of mind will win out. Emily writes, hello, here's a college saving question. I hear you say that if you need money in the next 12 months, you should not invest it. In my state, Indiana, there is a 20% tax credit up to $1,000 for yearly 529 contributions. If I put in $5,000 now and get a $1,000 tax credit, does that outweigh the possible market loss? My daughter is a high school senior. Thanks. I love your advice. Well... I mean, it doesn't outweigh it, but it's compelling. You know, obviously to get a $1,000 tax credit is great. She is a high school senior. She's heading to school. You're going to tap these accounts. However, um, I would only not do it if you actually have no other money. So the money you need for the next 12 months, I think you're talking about needing that for education, but you don't need all of this money in 12 months. You need some of it, and you're probably going to spread it out over four years. In my book, having a tax credit, which is free money, is very tough to pass up. So I think I'd go for it, Emily. All right, that is it. That is the show. And as you know, we love to hear from you. If you would like to contact us, just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button. And of course, do let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. Mark does everything else. You can sign up for our free weekly newsletter at the website, and you can also pre-order the new book, The Great Money Reset. Of course, you can always subscribe to this podcast and our other podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Just search for Jill on Money and I on Money. Although I think we're changing the name of I on Money, but we'll see. Okay. (sighs) Leave us a rating and review on Apple. That would be wonderful. And do something nice for someone else today. Grit, growth, grace. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.